and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with Gene, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Are you funky enough to be a globetrotter? Uh, a question I've never been asked before, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, this week we're going to take a look back over the week that was week 9 of the NFL season, a week that uh, saw quite a bit of uh, mid-game extracurricular activity, and also making our picks for week 10's games. First of all though, let's have a look through some of the uh, talking points from around the league as we always do. How are you doing, G? You all okay? Yeah, not too bad. Disappointed in your lack of Futurama reference spotting, but apart from that, all good. <laughs> I'm not not a big Futurama fan, if I'm honest. Ah, well, that explains it, but that, yeah. is, that is one of the better episodes, so, you oh, know, sure. I, I might have to sit you down with YouTube or something and, and get, you, <laughs> get you acquainted. Fair enough. Well, on with the football. We, uh, we're going to have a look this week at a couple of uh, a couple of things. First of all, we're going to have a look at, at um, well, the state of quarterbacks, really. They're, they're, they're going down... Yeah, just they're dropping like flies this this season. This week, um, Houston star rookie quarterback uh, Deshaun Watson went down with an ACL injury. It's a particularly nasty injury. It's going to see him out for the rest of the season. Um, it happened during practice, but it makes it, it makes him because he's kind of the latest in a long list of starting quarterbacks that are uh, that are injured, isn't he? There's um, obviously Jameis Winston went down this week as well. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Palmer, Teddy Bridgewater is just coming back this week. He's just been activated, but all the rest, all all injured reserve. Firstly, how big? Looking at the uh, specifically the Texans, how big a hit do you think this is for them this year? Well, given their result um, at the weekend, yeah, this is pretty much... I was about to say doomed them. I suppose they've won enough games, but they might turn it around. But I would be awfully surprised. And believe it or not, there's there's, an, there's a breaking news update because um, whilst Teddy Bridgewater is coming sort of back onto the fold, Sam Bradford's just had his knee scoped and he's hit IR for the season. Ah, well, there we go. There's another, there's another one to add to the <laughs> list then. It's, so, yeah, uh, you you can't even keep up with it even on the podcast, which is you know in fairness fairly typical for us in breaking news. It is to be yeah something something always tends to happen between recording and and, uh, and release of the uh, of the pod. And um, why do you think it is we've seen all these these big name quarterbacks going down with injuries? I think some of it is just bad timing and bad luck. I mean, speaking particularly of bad luck, um, with Andrew Luck. He's fought through um, shoulders, uh, shoulder injuries and problems for, for pretty much two seasons, apparently, and yeah. has been suffering from behind a bad um, offensive line. And he just seems to have just cumulative knocks. He's had you know organ injuries as well as a shoulder problem. Um, I'm trying to remember who it is who refers to their owner Jim Ursay as the mad tweeter, but um, <laughs> he, he's one of he's been coming out and saying that you know he thinks part of this is mental, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I've read things about this there being more problems than just the original injury because there's knock-on effects from him trying to adjust and play through it for the last two seasons. And so there's more wear and tear on other bits of his shoulder and it's problematic. There's some people who are even talking that, you know, we might not see him play again. Obviously, it's not good and they've been taking a cautious approach to it and that's it, he's gone for the season. But even if there is something going on, sort of, you know, vaguely at the back of the mind, frankly, when you're injured, who you know, it, it takes some time to get your confidence back. And so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a certain amount of, of things preying on, on Luck's mind. It certainly doesn't help if the onus comes out and says such things in the media. Good point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 strange to to, to think that this is all these starting quarterbacks that it's that it's kind of happening to. It's what's that? What did I mention about seven of them? That's that's like it's not quite a third of the league, but it's a, it's a good quarter of the league. Yeah, and um, we've got kind of a cluster of high profile names. I mean, we've just had you know, Joe Thomas drop out with his torn tricep. Obviously, we've lost um JJ Watt and Odell Beckham so something mm. between sort of Beckham Watt um, Aaron Rodgers going down you've got sort of a lot of the big name stars 
that the NFL uses to promote itself going down injured. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, broken collarbone, that can happen. Uh, Carson Palmer, obviously broken arm at age 30-something. I mean, that's an aging quarterback taking too many hits. It's not like one obvious thing, but does seem the league has a bit of a star problem this year just in that a lot of their high-profile marketable players are getting injured yeah absolutely well you mentioned joe thomas there i suppose that's quite a uh, quite a nice little segue into our uh, into our second piece of news um he's had a nice little pay rise hasn't he the browns um gave him uh, an early christmas bonus this week i suppose <laughs> multiple time pro bowler pro bowler uh, offensive lineman joe thomas um, he recently missed his first snaps in over 10 years, but the Browns clearly want to keep him uh, sweet for as long as they can. He's had his 2017 pay increased by $1.5 million, with next year's pay going up by $3 million, meaning he's, he's, he's set to earn $13.5 million in 2018. He's undoubtedly worth a lot of money, uh, given that he's, a, he's clearly a future Hall of Famer, if, if only for uh, the amount of, get, of, of uh, snaps he's played. But uh, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? Is this, is this a wise move from the Browns, do you think? Yeah, because if you're trying to build something um, with a young club, you need some locker room leadership mm. in in the in the process, and Joe Thomas could provide that. And the other thing is that who else are they going to spend the money on? They have a lot of young players. Uh, they are not pushed for salary cap, and no. you reward somebody for for seeing it out and saying he wants to stay in, um, you know, in Cleveland for his entire career. And, and I, I do think that it's important to have a certain number of senior pros who can lead people round even if mm. their play starts to diminish there's been not much sign of that recently although obviously we hope that he comes back from the tricep injury okay De- definitely yeah I mean he's, he's one of those players that I don't think we want to we want to lose from the league just yet but I mean that being said he did in a fairly recent in- interview he did mention possibly considering retirement do you think that could have played a part in, in them making this offer it might have done. They might be trying to keep him on side. But yeah. bear in mind that um, he plays Lyman, and obviously with all the things we hear about with um, the um, sub-concussive hits and the um, CTE and brain injury stuff, yeah. there are a lot of players who, when they've made their big second contracts, are maybe umming and ahhing about retiring a lot earlier than have been in the past. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, the, I mean, given, like you say, given the... Uh, the effect that we're seeing it having, it's it kind of makes sense for them to consider it at least earlier. Yeah, uh, it really does, and it seems to be linemen and linebackers are kind of players who you know are banging heads on an awful lot of plays that you know are the mm. ones that that are thinking, "Am I sure I want to do this?" And bearing in mind that offensive linemen take such a beating, they are incredibly tough individuals. And yeah. as much as he wants to stay committed to Cleveland, he's just had his streak broken, um, and it's whether if he stays on whether he sees the hopeful turnaround that everybody will be hoping for Cleveland in Cleveland will be coming, whether he'll be there to actually see the fruits of it. Yeah, I think you're, right. you're absolutely right. Before we move on to the games, a bit of housekeeping. I've done my homework. Hey, after, uh, excellent. Like, yeah, last week you, uh, you you told me to, uh, to have a look at the, uh, the kicking stats and the extra uh, points because I, I was a little bit unsure whether uh, whether we were seeing more extra points missed this this season compared to last. Um, actually, as it goes, it's, it's pretty much the same. Uh, 94.4% so far according to ESPN this is this is assuming yep. that the ESPN figures are correct 94.4% uh, have been made this season compared to so far obviously yep. compared to in the whole of the regular uh, season last year it was uh, 93.6 so uh, actually slightly tiny bit more a slight uptick and that was the first year of this um, elongated um, extra point which seemed to be making we noticed the drop and it's well, interesting yeah. that it's stabilised and it's maybe picked up a point. But yeah, no, 
I, I'm glad you did the research because this is how we find out these things. Particularly with something like kicking, where you know it's a stat-based thing, we can we can go away and feel feel pretty good that the numbers are saying that we're there or thereabouts again. Mm. Well, do you know what? I, I went one further as well. I actually looked at what it was the year before when they were still taking it from the two-yard line, and actually, it's not as good as I thought. Only ninety-four point two percent. That is seems, interesting. Seems very low. Yeah, particularly considering that we talked a lot about the effect of it last season, and there were notably more extra points unless it's confirmation bias and we were thinking that there would be missed because it's put back and we've just not noticed the numbers maybe maybe right that's week nine in the books then so uh, yeah quite a good uh, good slate of uh, of games this week the uh, the first one we, we watched was as always the uh, the Thursday night game uh, colorish game between the uh, the bills and the jets it's the third time in in three years that this uh, match has, has, has taken place on a Thursday night um, bills went into it looking like the only team who might really keep up with the Patriots in the AFC AFC well the jets have really been kind of surprising some I suppose with their their record so far and they did again. They they won this one, thirty four points to twenty one. Yeah, we were both very wrong on this. Very um, wrong, yeah. And the the interesting thing for me is that I think we've been talking about what a good job Todd Bowles has done, and the fact that the Jets, who you know, seem to be shifting a lot of players and looking to, I mean, they're basically accused of tanking in the off season, have come in and have played very competitively, mm. and the defense looked really good in this game, and so they just didn't allow. Bill's offense to move the ball at all and just sort of like consistently pulled away from the um from Buffalo who scored in the um second quarter and didn't score again until late on in the fourth and so yeah. you know, 34-21 could all, could almost be considered flattering. Well, absolutely. I mean they they scored two two touchdowns in the last 5 minutes of the game so it it certainly would have had they not got that it would have looked like an absolute trouncing from the Jets. Yeah, and if you look at the stats, I mean, 63 yards of rushing is not something you expect to see. Um, 285 yards, uh, they just uh, in the air for around um, Tyrod Taylor, but yeah, they just couldn't couldn't sustain drives. It's interesting that Taylor has a passer rating of like 108.9, but f- you know, it really was. If you watch the game, it, the, the the tape sort of tells a very different tale over the course yeah. of probably like three and a half quarters and it's no surprise to anybody that the Jets ran out winners he was sacked seven times Tyrod Taylor I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback sacked that many times in one game I, I was hoping you'd use that line because I saw that line in your notes and I went really because we talked last week about the fact that the Jags were going into the Bengals game having te- two ten sack games already this season so no it's it's not a common occurrence but um, it, it's it's already happened worse um, at least twice this season yeah I, well, I haven't seen them it's I mean, it's one of them where I think it's when you when you start seeing the, the quarterback I think it was for like five times in the first half so it could have it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, uh, it, it was the the. I I'm not I'd not watched the coaching tape on this one, but no. um, what I heard them talking about was basically the Jets spent a lot of time rushing five and mm. basically engaging all the um, the Bills linemen and not allowing them to help each other out, and so basically not allowing any lanes for Tyrod to either pass through or run through because he's a very mobile quarterback. He is, yeah. And on the on the other side, looking at the uh, the, the Jets' offense, their uh, their running game was was quite uh, quite quite neat, wasn't it? Forte, Powell, and Maguire uh, shared shared all snaps and, and made nearly two hundred yards. 
yeah, uh, which which will help you do very well in the game. And Josh McCown did enough. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was it was a good performance from the Jets. So uh, yeah, I was quite uh, I was quite a little bit surprised. There was a, there was a there was a good um, moment sort of at the end of the third. The uh, good example of playing to the whistle, wasn't there? The uh, <laughs> when Leary went went down without being touched, uh, and then sort of got back up, and then and 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 had the ball knocked out of his hands. Yeah, no, uh, the Jets are tough, they compete, and honestly, you could almost tell within like the first five minutes it was going to be the Jets, the Jets going were going to win. It. It, was one yeah. of those, it was one of those Thursday night games where sometimes, we've had some really good ones this season, but this was sort of like a throwback to sort of the Thursday night games, games we've seen a lot in the past, where you come out, the home game looked much, much better in the first five minutes, and you sort of know where which way this was going. It's like, mm. you know, I was thinking, oh dear, my pick's gone badly already. <laughs> That's it. Well, uh, yeah, the, the, it kind of turns the AFC East a little bit, so it makes it a really close division yeah and I don't know how you feel about that but it's actually uh, getting quite competitive I, I suppose yeah. you'd feel better about it if you hadn't had the result you had last week yes yeah I, I we should come to that later certainly would we will do yeah as we mentioned we yeah uh, we both picked the bills on this one we're both very very wrong with our picks uh, so <laughs> yeah on to uh, on to the next do we have to <laughs> yeah we do we, we do every every you say this every week you're gonna you'll win one soon don't worry at the <laughs> Bengals. Uh, the Bengals face the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they'll, they'll have been boosted, no doubt, by uh, Lennon Fournette's absence uh, for the Jag for the uh, Jags this week. But they they did need to, need a win to get their uh, their season back on track, and the Jag, the Jags obviously needed one as well to uh, to kind of keep pace in the AFC South. As it happened, it was twenty three points to seven to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in the end. Um, your only points came sort of ten minutes into the second quarter, didn't you? Didn't they? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's the story of the season. The offensive line was not good enough, um, and so the offense didn't work. And right at the end of the second half, AJ Green did the most AJ Green thing like ever, and um, or um, you know, and just total surprise seeing grab Jade and Ramsey by the throat from behind and start basically yeah. dragging to the ground and start pummeling him. Uh, do we think that maybe if that's going on with one of your most buttoned up professional quiet players that possibly there are real problems in Cincinnati and Marvin Lewis's loss of a dressing room? Well I think there's probably a bit of that and I think Jalen Ramsey who's, who's to be fair known to be quite vocal and just pushed him prob- in the back as well. I mean, yeah, he was probably giving him. As, and I've heard a lot of people saying point. saying um, that, that you know it was harsh on Ramsey for um, him being thrown out. And the commentator actually said he was the innocent party. And I'm sitting there thinking the no. whistle had gone and he pushed no, him in wasn't. the back. Uh, you know, I, I'm obviously biased, so I'm perfectly happy for him to be thrown out. But the idea that he was an innocent party, uh, Jalen Ramsey is is a very good corner, but he's also one that likes to run his mouth. And so yeah, you yeah. should respond. He often doesn't wear his mouth guard, so he can so he can be a bit more mouthy than, than other players so that kind of says everything you need to know doesn't it yeah it's just it's just frustrating and and the Bengals D still looks really rather good and, and played well enough in this game but we had a special teams failure and that's been quite unusual and the Bengals just are not right this year and, and I've been saying it for a little while and I just don't know what the way forward is but this season is a write off yeah, um, yeah, you, you, like you say, the the, the defense look, looked all right, but offensively, just 148 yards for the game compared to 407 for the Jags, it was never really going to. It was always going to be one, Andy one way, wasn't it? Needs protection to work. He's not yeah. mobile enough, um, and sometimes it's frustrating because you can just see the um, rush coming. Uh, there mm. was a corner blitz that he just didn't seem to take account of, of the player coming, and it was just like ah. <laughs> you know, you've been in the league, and, and and the frustrating thing is, given the heights that I've seen him able to do 
back when Hugh Jackson was there in that season where, you know, there were some who were even talking about him at one point as possible, uh, you know, as possible MVP candidate. And then he mm. breaks his thumb against the Steelers and we have AJ McCarron in the playoffs. And it's just, I feel sorry for Marvin Lewis because he's done so much work in turning around what was you know like a yearly laughing stock of the league he's yeah. improved them so much but he's not been able to get them over the hump and i do feel like with he's not like the most force of personality coach and it does feel like maybe the players stop listening to him there does seem to be Possibly. like a time limit on how long a coach can work somewhere before before they stop being effective i could yeah i think you you, you might well be right there there was a couple of a uh, couple of nice plays one they grabbed from uh, keelan cole from the jags uh, that, that was, was a, really impressive if you're very, looking for yeah. a good highlight catch you know that was a real good one Absolutely, and you mentioned the, uh, the special teams failure as well. It was the uh, the big punt return for a touchdown from uh, Jaden Mickens, who uh, really just put the game beyond the Bengals towards the end, didn't he? Yeah, uh, it, it was. Yeah, that was really good. And actually, uh, Marquise Lee had um, something like eight receptions off twelve targets. Went for seventy five years and dropped two sitters that could have given him like a, like you know I think he could have easily broken a hundred yards if he mm. caught caught the ones he dropped and so the I was actually pleasantly surprised by the Jaguars offense but it sort of made sense to me in the um for, Burfitt was talking about before the game that we were going to make Blake Bortles beat you and basically he did yeah we did absolutely. And, yeah, and he was took what was given, didn't force it, and threw for 250 yards, got a touchdown, and, and played all right. Yeah, well, um, you, you might have lost the game, but we, you did get the pick correct. We both picked the uh, the Jaguars, uh, so both got this one uh, correct this week. Uh, the third game was the Chiefs and the Cowboys we decided to watch this week, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys. Um, Cowboys were able to, uh, to play Ezekiel Elliott, weren't they, who, who obviously benefited from the, the latest postponement of his suspension. We we spoke at length about the uh, the suspension last week. But he got himself nearly 100 yards as well, so uh, he's, he's obviously had a, uh, another good game. Yeah, I, I mean, this was one of the ones where, for some, you know, the talk would be Ezekiel Elliott and, and the offence rolling on. But to be honest, the thing that I was really impressed with the Cowboys about was their defence, mm. which which I've sort of been subscribing to the overall theory that, you know, they're still coming around. We lost a lot of players and weren't that good. And it would appear that Mangini is a witch because um, he's managed to generate another defence that seems to be doing well. And their pass rush in particular seems um, really quite good. And yeah. they did enough against against the Chiefs to limit them. The Chiefs couldn't quite move the ball as well. And they... I'm not. It's not going to say it's easy, and um, I, I imagine there'll be some coaching um, going on this week about what happened at the end of the first half, which was a brilliant play. But the Cowboys looked pretty confident and ran out sort of fairly easy winners in the end. They did. I mean, and they like you, you mentioned that that defense. It, they they made Alex Smith throw his first interception of the year as well, didn't they? Yeah, it's actually um, Rob Marinelli. I, I've got my um, uh, my M defensive player uh. coaches mixed up. It's Rob Man- <laughs> Marinelli who's the the witch that keeps. You know, produce incredible defenses from what looks like on paper, perhaps not very much. And yeah, it, Annick Smith was chasing the game, forced the ball, and that's that's where he got the um, interception. But mm. you don't do that if you don't stifle the team and get a lead. No, that's it. And and while while on the uh, on the offensive side for the uh, for the Cowboys, while while Zeke obviously dominated on the ground, uh, Terence Williams got him, got himself 141 yards through the air as well. Yeah, and he looked really good assuming it's who I think it is that not only did, it wasn't one of those ones that um, it didn't just sort of catch the ball if you see what I mean he, yeah, he yeah. made some he looked really um, effective after the catch yeah 
That's ab- ab- absolutely right. And he, I suppose he, he had to. He had some uh, some picking up to do, didn't he? After uh, Des Bryant obviously uh, went off with an ankle injury as well, out, out of the game in the second during the uh, during the second half. Yeah, I mean Des is still a very good player, but he's not quite like the the ult- you know the big number one star receiver he was a couple of seasons ago. There's been a slight drop off, but yeah, it, mm. as much as anything else, Terrence Williams looks like one of those players that um, looks dangerous whenever he touched the ball. And the reason I said said assuming it's the one he's thinking of was I was just wanted to make sure that he was the number eighty three that I was I remembered yeah. very strongly yeah. making all those moves, and, and and he is, and he was really good. And there was some some one of the touchdowns, Tyreek Hill. Um, Scored a, a touchdown right on the uh, on the stroke of half time. Some lovely blocking, fifty six yard touchdown. Was just kind of ball was thrown to him. It was about probably what five six, well probably maybe ten yards away from uh, from Alex Smith, uh, and he yeah he ran the rest of the way with some lovely blocking. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was near a twenty twenty sort of twenty twenty five, but it was, was one it? of those great plays where it, it was sort of like a hail mary play. Only it was really crafty um, play calling and scheming by the Chiefs because there was a bunch of players lined up in the end zone expecting a desperate heave and what they actually did was sent a couple of tight end blockers dropped the ball off to Tyreek Hill and said there you go and there aren't too many players who could have made the play he did but somehow he managed to run off those blocks and yeah get all the way into the end zone and I suspect the um, guys on that prevent defence will be hearing about that just a little bit in the mm. um, in uh, training this week, my favourite moment though, uh, not uh, particularly football related, but it was uh, it was the Chiefs' second touchdown celebration, the sack race. <laughs> so, so we're okay with the um, NFL relaxing the. I'm um, more than happy if we're going to yeah. get more of that. Yes, no, absolutely. I think that's what they were envisaging when they relaxed the rules. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. Three of them lined up on the uh, on the sideline and, and and doing a sack race. That was that was lovely. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, this one was uh, was one we didn't we didn't pick correctly. We both uh, went for the for the Chiefs on this one. Both uh, got it wrong. Um, final game. It was the, uh, the the Dolphins and the Raiders. Dolphins uh, was it was a Sunday night game. It was a late game on Sunday. Dolphins generally terrible on primetime football games. Uh, it was also the first game without a Jai um, since his trade. I'm not making excuses, but uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> you can't make an excuse when your team trade him away. It's not like he was injured. No, I know. I mean, I mean that and the and the prime time football thing. We're, we're generally terrible, which probably means we're going to lose again this week. But uh, more on that in a bit. Um, it was twenty seven points to twenty four to the Oakland Raiders in the end. Um, may have lost it, but I don't know about you. I thought the uh, Dolphins looked a hell of a lot better than they did in the last game. Um, yeah, I believe I called it before you saw that you got a chance to actually see the game. Having, yeah. You know, as it was a late night because I watched yeah, it at yeah. lunchtime and texted you. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought there was a real improvement. The defense has been shown bits at times but it's been a bit spotty but seemed to come to play and that linebacking yeah. core seems to be coming together as well it's getting but, there isn't it it is but on offense um it was lots of sort of under stuff but they seem to have made a decision and got uh jay cutler really working well this week he looked almost as good as he did in week one when i thought you know this could work whether he can be yeah. consistent with it i don't know but definitely the offense looked like it's firing better and i think you've got enough out of your running backs i'm not freaking out about that trade I'm kind of the same. I, I really was, but I've, now I've seen this. If we can carry on doing doing what we do, I mean, we got 69 yards. It, well, Kenyon Drake got 69 yards. He was the he was the the, the main rusher for the yeah, for the game. 69 yards from nine rushes. That's not to be sniffed at, is it? No, it really isn't. And I'm actually surprised. I thought Damian Williams did slightly better than 14 off seven, but mm. you'll notice he got 47 yards receiving, and they did enough and looked dangerous I think um, it's good for you to have um, Devontae Parker back because wasn't he coming off injury and, he was and, yeah and he made yeah, some nice catches and, and it, it just yeah 
it's disappointing to lose that game at home, but you don't have the best of home records. And, you know, I'm still trying to work out how good a team the Raiders are. Because every time I watch them, they look really quite impressive. And yeah. then they start losing games. This is like the third time I've seen them where I've been really quite impressed with them. But, you know, maybe Raiders fans need to be paying me to watch them every week. Because because <laughs> <laughs> whenever I've seen them, they've looked quite dangerous and played quite well. But they've had some really bad losses this year. So we'll have to see overall. You know, it's a bit of... I've, I've, really haven't got a handle on whether the Raiders are a good team this year or not no I know that's it I think I feel like you've kind of done Devontae Parker a little bit of a disservice in saying he made some nice catches that catch <laughs> at the end that one-handed catch at the end was incredible <laughs> how he managed to, to keep his keep his feet in well keep the foot in and, and land in, in bounds you say that but here's the thing I've become enamoured to it or sort of inured to it because he just keeps doing this all season he seems to do nothing but spectacular catches so Good. long may it continue <laughs> yes absolutely but, you know you do, you do have the basis well, there of good, good receiving core now if we, yeah. can, if we can do them in the end zone if you could maybe you know <laughs> get some better. linemen well that I mean less one, one thing at a time <laughs> Julius Thomas was uh, was on his game as well. One of the uh, one of the tight ends for the uh, for the Dolphins was uh, yeah that that obviously helped as well. So Cutler had had some uh, some some good some good targets for uh, for the game and it, and it obviously showed. And he he came out with uh, I, I can't I can't remember seeing a a, a quarterback rating that no high it was for him it was a very you know finished with one hundred twenty one point three. Um, he, he completed something like his first fifteen yeah. passes. Ended up with over three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and you guys didn't win, which must be very frustrating, but heading in the right direction, and we'll see yeah. what happens in the next few weeks. I think it would be really frustrating if we'd just come off a close one last week or we'd just won one last week. But I think the fact that we got abs- our asses handed to us last week and then and now we're, we were kind of there or thereabouts, it wasn't like they were running away with it. It's seen it. I can, I can only really see it as a positive. Yeah, no, the important thing for me is, though, is that we don't continue this up and down thing. That, that yes. This is something that Gase is able to build on and develop mm. for, for the coming weeks. Yeah, that's it. Um, on the other side, we, uh, we've we obviously very uh, briefly touched on, uh, on the Raiders, but uh, Derek Carr looked pretty good, didn't he? 126 yards uh, linked to, uh, to Jared Cook for. Yeah, he looked um, yeah much better, better sort of back to back to himself. And, and yeah, if yeah. there was a problem with the Dolphins' defense, it was they could not seem to car- cover Cook at all. Um, mm. It went for 126 yards, and, and yeah, it, between Timmons and Maraluga, and I'm not sure who you're over, and Kiko Alonso, but none of them seem to be able to stay with Cook particularly well. And it's not like no. um, Jones, who might be able to do it as safety, was able to cover him either particularly. Well, we yeah, we both called this one right. Both picked the uh, the dolphins, and uh, yeah, we were uh, we were we were both correct on uh, on that one this week. So let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games. Then the uh, Texans and the Colts met on Sunday night. It was the Texans' first game without Deshaun Watson, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Colts haven't looked good uh, on either side of the ball so so far this year, but uh, yeah, they did manage to get the uh, the win this week. It was twenty points to fourteen to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Texans really struggled. Tom Savage threw a lot of balls, but uh, a lot of incom- incompletions as well. Um, and Adam Vinatieri put himself uh, second in the all-time league points scored um, record. So uh, yeah, well done to him. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. It was uh, the two and five books meeting the uh, five and two Saints. Uh, the second and uh, both teams are uh, are second and 
fourth uh, in the league for uh, passing yards going into this one so it was uh, always going to be a uh, quite a big one for the receivers it's now uh, six wins in a row for the Saints it was 30 points to 10 uh, to the New Orleans Saints uh, James Winston obviously injured uh, after a, uh, a, a he's injured his shoulder he was replaced with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, and there was a bit of argy-bargy for, from Mike Evans as well which has seen him uh, suspended for a game this week yeah he all sorts going on there and apparently James Winston sort of came off the, yeah. the sideline and yeah, yeah. we had a few of this it was apparently it was Sunday night I was about to say Sunday night it's not quite right but Sunday afternoon was alright for fighting to try and paraphrase John <laughs> Elton John that's it well it was end up being a, uh, an easy win for the Saints um, it's rare for the uh, Rams to be the superior team going into a match with the uh, with the New York Giants, but that is uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're the high scoring team in the league uh, this this year, and they made this one look easy. It was fifty one points to seventeen to the uh, LA Rams against the New York Giants. Uh, absolutely dominant with uh, six touchdowns, and uh, yeah, how good's Jared Goff starting to look? I haven't seen him in the last couple of weeks so I'm not prepared, prepared to anoint him as just you know the next great quarterback because I'm not sure it's quite as impressive as some of the stuff we've seen with, from Deshaun Watson and yeah. uh, um, Carson Wentz what I am prepared to say is that oh boy does it look like Sean McVay is a really good coach and the Rams have got themselves a good one there yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, well, neither the Falcons or the Panthers have been uh, particularly predictable going into uh, their game this week, but uh, Falcons have won the last three of their uh, their meeting, the, the meetings between them, these two fairly heavily. Um, all changed this time, though. It was 20 points to 17 to the Carolina Panthers. Falcons started well, but uh, couldn't keep up with uh, the comeback from the Panthers, uh, and it included an 88, it included 86 total rushing yards from Cam Newton, which is, which is huge for a quarterback. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Uh, Broncos quarterback Marigot Round rolled on this week with uh, Osweiler starting uh, under centre. Um, they played the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and uh, lost. It was 51 points to 23. Another team scoring 51 points. Uh, JJ his first game for the Eagles and uh, yeah, he did pretty well. Um, he, he got himself a, a touchdown and he seems to be settling in okay. He only got uh, eight handoffs and about 77 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, fair, fair dues. And, uh, and a good game for uh, Wentz as well. But yeah, another another shocker for Osweiler. I wasn't sure if it was a shocker or just he couldn't do enough, if you see what mm. I mean. And yeah. it, it's it's kind of amazing to see um, 50 points put up on that defence. And I think that's going to be my coaching tape for the week. Um, yeah. Particularly looking at what they were doing with um, Von Miller. Because I heard some interesting talk about how... They were basically leaving him unblocked um, and using his reaction for read pass options. So mm. um, I'll be taking a look at the coaching tape of them, I think. Yeah, also I was starting again uh, this week, hasn't he? He's been, uh, been announced to be the starting. Yeah, uh, Vance Joseph says that Paxton Lynch isn't um, physically or mentally ready to start yet. And I think that's because mm. he's been back a couple of weeks and he just thinks he needs a little more time in practice. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Paxton Lynch comes in fairly soon because it feels like the season has, has slipped away from them. So they need to find out whether what they've got in that um, in Lynch having... Uh, traded up to draft him. Yeah, um, well, the Ravens went into their game with the uh, with the Titans at point uh, five hundred, but uh, with the exception of their uh, of their huge win over the uh, Dolphins last week, they they kind of struggled to get much going on uh, on offense. This was a close one. It was uh, twenty three points to twenty to the Tennessee Titans. Um, a lot of the scoring was saved until the fourth quarter. That uh, Titans are now five and three uh, and top of the AFC South. Yeah, they're sort of getting there ugly, but they've done it. Hmm. 
Uh, well, we knew we wouldn't see much of the 49ers' uh, new quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, this week uh, against the, uh, the the Cardinals, and as it turned out, we didn't see any. Uh, Cardinals led it led the game throughout. It was 20 points to 10 to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, CJ Bihar put up uh, nearly 300 yards uh, in passing, but uh, yeah, he still, still didn't look fantastic. The 49ers uh, need Garoppolo up to speed ASAP, I think. I no, I mean, we, I think they need a whole offensive overhaul. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, we'll, yeah, we'll have to see if he if Garoppolo plays at all this this um, season. Yeah. As as Shanahan has said that it's a possibility he won't play at all. So we should just have to see. Mm. Well, Washington and Seattle met uh, this this weekend. The uh, Seahawks have won their last four, whereas the uh, Redskins have lost their last couple. Um, just to keep things imp- unpredictable, the uh, Redskins went and got the win here. It was uh, it was seventeen points to fourteen to the Washington Redskins. Uh, they uh, it was a touchdown with the uh, with a minute left that uh, won the game. Seahawks failed to keep uh, keep pace with the uh, the Rams at the top of the NFC West. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's looking good for the Rams so far. Uh, and then Monday night uh, we saw the Detroit Lions uh, face the Green Bay Packers, and it was it's the the only time that you usually see these two on on similar records is is usually week one of the season. But uh, they're now both four and four. It was the uh, the Lions that won this one, thirty points to seventeen. Uh, and this was a fairly easy one for the Lions, which uh, saw Matt Stafford have a near perfect game, and uh, yeah, yeah, no punts at all. In keeping with my kicking uh, fascination, you do like to keep track of your kickers, don't you? <laughs> It's a right then, G, let's take a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. I feel we've kind of talked at great length about the uh, players' protest, but you did uh, write some more about what they actually actually want to get out out of it, I suppose, from the uh, from 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 this uh, on this week's blog, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was almost more aimed at the owners because we're starting to hear bits and pieces about about Goodell's contract and how he's handled it and various yeah. owners being unhappy, and I'm just sat here thinking. I know you want him to magically solve this problem, but there's not like necessarily a coherent, pol- you know, single policy thing that they could do to get the players on side. And not all the owners agree on this because there are there are your liberal owners, um, like um, the guys in charge of the Seahawks, who who have been very supportive. And I know that the Dolphins owner has been quite supportive of what's been going on, even if they would like mm. him to stand for the anthem. And then you've got this block. Sort of more Republican traditional owners, um, obviously Bob McNair with the Texans and his comments, and it just feels like it's all very well them saying you should have solved this, but I'm not sure that there is a simple simple fix for it, and I think they just wanted to go away because it's hurting their bottom line. But I'm not sure how much leadership they're doing, other than you should have fixed this by now. Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, well, one one thing I don't want you looking at this week is uh, is any anything to do with the Dolphins because uh, I feel you might have jinxed Deshaun Watson when you gave him the coaching tape uh, treatment. I think that's a little unfair on me in that <laughs> I, I, the decision was made. I was sort of thinking about it anyway, and then he did tear, tear his ACL, and I, I was sort of like it turned from well, I want to see how he did it against you know this amazing secondary that, that we're all quite impressed with, and then it was sort of like I ran out of time a bit, but I just wanted to look at some sort of like highlights and lowlights of a rookie quarterback just to as it was my last opportunity as I knew he was already injured so I took a look <laughs> at his first play action touchdown um, his first sack his longest run and his interception and it was just it was sort of like you could see all the promise and I think the one thing I'll leave here and you can read the rest of it on, on the blog itself was just wasn't so much his athleticism and his flashy stuff but the fact that on the touchdown I was talking about it was a play action pass where you had to shuffle in the pocket and it was proper pocket quarterback play 
you know, mm. it was a couple of small steps and an adjustment to get out of the way at the pass yeah. rush and then heave the ball. And I, you know, I think he's, there's a reason that we've been making a mus, uh, sort of a fuss over him over the last few weeks is that I think he could be very special and he's already doing really well. So fingers crossed that, you know, he recovers from this ACL and comes back um, fully healthy next season because, yeah, I, I think that he could definitely be one to watch and it's really exciting. And I think the whole league, no matter who you root for, we sort of all took a collective, oh, you know, it was really deflating when he injured because he was one of the real bright spots of this season. Mm. And I think I think there's some uh, some positive noises coming out of his out of the Watson camp so far. So uh, yeah, so far so good. Fingers crossed. Hopefully um, so. And you did you say that it was the uh, the Broncos Eagles game you're going to have a look at for the yeah, like you said, particularly sort of focusing on what the Eagles were doing to counteract Von Miller, who is you know mm. kind of good. Pretty good. Um, well, uh, for all of that and much more from G, uh, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, let's make some picks for week 10 then. So uh, we're, we're, it's now 74-70. There was, uh, we both got seven, I think, this week. Uh, interestingly, my dad is just a point behind you. Yes, um, I don't know if you noticed, but um, I promise you it wasn't a fix because I did mine all first. But we had exactly the same picks this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. And, and, and my dad said uh, he, he was was looking through them. Said he thought uh, we were all going to end up with pretty much the same score. And uh, as it happened, he yeah he pipped us pipped us both by a point. And he's yep. got a nice uh, nice little graph he's done of the uh, of the scores so far week by week. So uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, let's have a look at week ten. Uh, so the uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals are the first game Thursday night. I'm now this I haven't picked. Uh, this is an, an amazing stat. I haven't picked. A Thursday night game correctly since week one. <laughs> yes, and and so, I've clearly been with you too often in recent weeks. <laughs> yeah, the the Cardinals uh, get six and a half points on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Seattle. However, I'm going to pick the Cardinals. <laughs> you you you've now got into double bluff mode, haven't you? You just don't know what you're doing. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm picking the Cardinals because on, on, purely on the account of the fact that I've not picked one that one correctly since uh, since week one. This is going to bite me in the arse, isn't it? No, because I was going to join you on the Cardinals already, and now I'm Fair nervous because you keep doing it. But but six and a half <laughs> points for a home underdog. Given yeah. that the Cardinals have done all right last week, and that's sort of once or twice that their offense has kind of worked. Mm. The Seahawks. Yeah, that seemed to be a bit up and down and they're on the road. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I think I'm joining you with the Cardinals this week. Uh, Saints against the Bills. New York, New, New York, New Orleans Saints against Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills are given two and a half points. New Orleans are on a hell of a run. I'm going to go New Orleans. I'm really tempted by the Bills. Home underdogs. Ooh. I think they're a good team at home. I think, you know, the way their crowd interacts with their defence is really good. And I do wonder about um, Drew Brees on the road in the open there, in the cold, but the Saints, and, and they might just be due for a loss because they've won six straight, but I really, really mm. like the Saints and I'm really enjoying Breeze doing well, but I'm tempted by the Bills. Um, Bears-Packers, Chicago Bears hosting the Green Bay Packers. Um, Packers are given four and a half points, which makes this interesting because I w- I'm thinking of going Bears, but I don't know if they'll win it by that much. Uh, no, I think they will. I'm going to go Bears. Uh, I sort of want to pick the Packers to cover because mm. you're right. The Bears feel feel like they should win this game, but that doesn't doesn't that feel a bit rich? But their defense has been really good, and the Packers' offense mm. is obviously struggling. And we'll just have to see about Brett Hundley. But yeah, yeah, I think I want to go Bears too. Um, Titans Bengals. Um, 
Bengals are giving five and a half points. Now, no offence, but because you're crumbling a little bit, I think I'm still going to go for the Titans. I'm not as convinced by the Titans as 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 I am by the Jaguars. I'm not that convinced by them, but I'm... And I just I'm... wonder if the Bengals can keep this one close and there be a bit of a reaction to the mess that was last week. Mm. I'm tempted by the Bengals, but I don't expect them to win. But, you know, I don't necessarily expect them to lose by six points either. Yeah, that's it. It's, I'm 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 going to go with the uh, with, with with the Titans. Um, the winless Cleveland Browns, nought and eight, uh, going into the uh, four and four Detroit Lions, uh, who, and they're giving eleven and a half points. Does that now? Mean? That's a lot of points, but a lot of it's crazy to think. Looking at the split of how many, it's like seventy one percent apparently of people have, are still going for the Lions, despite the fact that they're that the Browns are giving. I'm strongly tempted by the Browns just because the Lions don't appear to me have been that dominant. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to. I just Browns. think that's too many points. I, I don't expect the Browns to do anything other than lose. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just feels like too many points. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with the Browns as well. Um, Colts Steelers. Uh, Colts Indianapolis Colts are given nine and a half points, um, but I I still think it's going to be Steelers. I still think I'm going to pick them. I wonder if that's too many points, but maybe it's a lot Col- of points. Uh, maybe I'm giving the Colts too much credit, and the Steelers are coming off a um, mm. bye week. But that just feels the Steelers have been so up and down. When they're on it and good, they're really, really good, and they have a really good defense. But I do just wonder about the points. But I think Steelers, but I'm really not sure yeah. about that. Uh, this one is the easiest one for me so far: Vikings and the Redskins. Uh, Washington are given a point and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think I'm joining you. I think that um, I still don't know how Washington managed to um, survive against the Seahawks, but I expect them to have real problems going up against mm. that um, Vikings front seven. Uh, the New York Jets travelling to Tampa to face a uh, James Winston and Mike Evans free Tampa Bay Buccaneers. J E G S uh, Jets yeah. Jets Jets. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the book's, book's given two and a half points, but I don't think that's anywhere near it. I'm really, i really impressed with the Jets, and I think they could get back to 500 this week. Yeah, as much as I don't like it, yeah, I think you might be right. Sorry, I, that must be really painful when I do that to you on the podcast. I do apologise. Yeah, well, it's, it's fine. Don't, don't worry. It's, it's okay. I've picked the Steelers. Um, the, um, the Jaguars and the uh, LA Chargers will be uh, meeting on Sunday as well. Uh, the Chargers are given four and a half points. Hmm, this is close. I'm kind of tempted by the Chargers to cover, just because of the points. I'm sort of tempted, but I don't know if I'm tempted enough. <laughs> yeah. Difficult one. Yeah, I think I'm... Ah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going Jaguars, but yeah, we'll, we'll, have, to have, a look. we'll have to see. Um, Texans-Rams, 11 and, a half, 11 and a half points given to the Texans. The Rams just I mean, dropped a fifty burger. They're broken, but the Rams have just and the, the Rams are running away with it. The highest scoring points, yeah, the highest scoring team this year. And they're at home, and yeah, you know, the Texans have just lost their quarterback on top of everything else. Yeah, I, yeah, I, this I, has got LA written all over it. It has, which you know, watch them drop points and make fools of us. But yeah, no, I'm beginning oh, to believe in the Rams. I'm I'm more than used to being made a fool of now on this on this <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> Atlanta Falcons and Dallas Cowboys. Uh, two and a half points given to the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Because the line is wrong. Yeah, it's very wrong. 
Well, he, I'm not sure if the line is. I, I don't know if this is the Ezekiel Elliott effect because I believe that he's now finally suspended. We'll uh, see. He'll turn somebody, some little judge in a minuscule state somewhere will turn. From it over. what I heard today, there's like a decision on Thursday, and basically that's the last one that can possibly happen this year. So we'll know uh, one way or another by Thursday whether he's about to do his um, um, thing or not. But I still mm. feel that with how they've played in recent weeks and, and the way things come together to the Cowboys, that even without Elliot, that um, the Cowboys will win this game. Um, what about what about Brian? Is he going to be playing? I don't know, but I was really, really impressed with um, the player who's forgets, who I forget the name of, and so I should go back to number 83 for the Cowboys, because he really <laughs> caught really my is. eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, th- I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Cowboys. I don't think there's much... much to, to look at either way um, a straight one between who's going to be the worst team um, 49ers or the Giants do we fancy the 49ers if they're going to get one this, if, if they're going to get one it's got to be this isn't it the East Coast team coming West I'm not at all convinced by McAdoo and what's going on at the Giants and, I'm going 49ers uh, you know they've got to win one at some point surely You'd have thought so. Uh, if, it's, if they're going to win one, it's got to be this one. Mm-hmm. If they don't win, if they don't win, here we go. Here's a call. If they don't win this game, zero and sixteen. Could we have two zero and sixteen teams in a season? Quite possibly, it could happen. Um, the Patriots and the Broncos, two usually very strong teams. Broncos not quite so much this year, um, which is reflected in the fact that they're given seven and a half points. I feel like this might be too many points. The Patriots' defense hasn't convinced me yet, and Tom Brady is good, but he's still—they're still trying to find their way with um, the mm. injuries on the offense. And I just wonder whether the Broncos might keep it close of an eight. Maybe I, I'm, I think I'm going Patriots. I, I think I'm going Patriots. I think I'm going Broncos at home. Yeah, uh, and of course I will be going for the Dolphins in the in the uh, final game of the week, the Monday night game. The Dolphins uh, making the trip to Carolina to play the Panthers. Uh, oh, they might play in front of some actual people rather than empty seats. Um, yeah, nine and a half points uh, are, are given to the Dolphins. That's a lot of points. Miami Dolphins, yeah. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins we'll disrespected game. by this line. Very much so. The I don't Panthers think we'll win have been the game. up and down, mm. and I'm not sure that they'll win the game, but I, I do feel that, yeah, asking the Dolphins to stay within 10 points feels like a doable thing. It does. I, I will be. I'm, I'm very happy about going for the Dolphins this week. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to get into as many sets of ears as we possibly can. Uh, we'll be back again next week to uh, cast our eye over the action of week 10 and also to make our picks for week 11 when we really start hitting the uh, the business end of the uh, the regular season. In the meantime, make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com for more uh, from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do either by uh, dropping us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or by finding either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdam. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. Log.